It obviously is Thanksgiving weekend, so I want to preach about being thankful. I do love Thanksgiving weekend. I was thinking about why do I love Thanksgiving weekend so much? Partly the same reason I love all the holidays, because there's a big meal and you get to eat (laughs) with family. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I like those big meals, and I like getting together. But also because on Thanksgiving weekend, we get to be thankful. We think about it, we choose to have an attitude of thankfulness, and we talk about what we're thankful for. But being thankful is something you have to be intentional about. Do you know that? I have seen in myself and just in people in general, being thankful doesn't always just happen. Maybe we could even say it's not natural, but we need to be intentional. How many remember when you were younger, or maybe now as parents, you teach your children to say thank you, right? They don't just know how, do they? Uh, here's, here's your food, and what do you say? Thank you. Yes, yeah, so we teach how to be thankful, and I believe that we need to be intentional. And possibly, if we're grown-ups, we need to teach ourselves to be a little more thankful. All right, so let's get into today's message. Today I've titled the message this, Thankful People Possess the Promises. Let me say that again. Thankful people possess the promises. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. It says, In every situation, no matter what the circumstance, be thankful and continually give God thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And also Colossians chapter 2 and verse 7. He says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving, abounding with thanksgiving. So here's scripture telling us, as believers in Christ, thanksgiving should abound in us. And in the first one, it's the will of God concerning us to be thankful in every situation. So church, we should be the most thankful people around. Now I realize with what we've been through in the past and pressure from governments and different things, it is easy to think of things we're not happy about. But church, let's always be intentional about being thankful. Thankful people possess the promises. Why would I say that? Here's why I believe that scripture clearly says that to us and we can see it in many ways. And the first thing I see is that thankful people possess the promises because they ask with thanksgiving. Let's go to scripture. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 says, Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. You see, asking the Lord for something is good. There's a scripture that says you have not because you ask not. Then he says maybe you ask and you're not getting it because you're asking with the wrong purpose. But this scripture says, don't be worried, but ask with thanksgiving. Asking with thanksgiving is actually a form of faith. Let me explain. Let's say today, maybe you're having difficulty with your vehicle, so you go to prayer like this. Oh, Lord, please, you know, provide money so we can take this thing to the mechanic again and get it fixed. Or 
Maybe it's, you know, Lord, we could use a different one. Please do that. And prayer ends there. But praying with thanksgiving is completely different. It would sound more like this. Lord, please help, you know, our vehicle you know, again. And we need finance for either fixing it or getting a new one. And Lord, I am so thankful that you said you're our provider, that you said you'd never leave us or forsake us, that you said that you would watch over everything we do, that you said when we're faithful with our tithes that you open the windows and you pour out. So I thank you, Lord. Our vehicle's going to get fixed. I thank you, Lord, that in short time we're going to have a newer vehicle that doesn't break down. And by the time you're done your prayer, what has just happened? You have faith. You are thanking him for who he is, and you're believing that it's coming. You see, that kind of prayer possesses the promise. So church, ask with thanksgiving. All right? Here's one that just popped in my head. Maybe you're praying for your spouse. Maybe you're having some relationship-type things, and you're praying for your spouse, and you're praying, oh, Lord, I'm just tired of my husband. Can you please fix him? Fix him or else I'm leaving. Well, that probably is not a prayer of faith, and it's not really thankful at all, is it? But how about praying like this? Lord, we're going through some things. My husband's really annoying me. Can you come down and help us? And Lord, I thank you that you gave me this husband. Do you see, though, now you continue, I thank you that you see where he's struggling and you're going to help him. I thank you that you've put us together and you're going to show us how to be blessed in everything we do. You've prayed the same prayer, but you finish with thanking him. And I'll tell you what, that is faith and you will possess the promise or the answer that comes with it. Okay, church, I want to encourage you that. Be thankful. And of course, that goes the other way too, men, okay? When you're praying, believe and watch God do. When you're thankful. Jesus showed us this in Scripture. In John chapter 6 and verse 10, we actually step into a parable, or excuse me, not a parable, a story, a true story. And Jesus is with his disciples. He's teaching the people for a very long time, and they're hungry. And Jesus says to his disciples, let's feed them. And if you know the story, they're like, well, we don't have food like that. We don't even have enough money to go buy all that food. And Jesus says, well, what is there? What do we have? And verse 9, we'll start there. John 6, verse 9. It says, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. About what good is that with this huge crowd? There's one of the disciples acting like us sometimes. <laughs> oh, we got this, but what good is that? Not too thankful. However, we need to do it more like Jesus did. Look what Jesus does in the next verse. He says, tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks to God. Everybody say thanks. He gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. 
So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Jesus is our example. He's the one we want to be like. In this situation, Jesus knows they only have five barley loaves and two fish. He sees that. But his attitude is not the same as the disciple that answered and said, oh, we got this, but it's no good. That was not a thankful attitude, was it? Two things Jesus did, and I want you to see this and remember, if you want to see God do miracles, if you want to see God's provision, these are two important things. Number one, he prepared to receive the answer. He began preparing for more than enough food before it came. In another gospel that tells this story, he told them, sit them down in groups of 50. He sends his disciples, this is a big crowd, 5,000 men and there's women and children. A massive crowd, he sends his disciples out and is getting them all prepared. You guys sit down over here, about 50 of you. He's sitting them down for picnics. They're getting ready for lunch, but they don't have it yet. That is an attitude of thankfulness and expecting. So you want to see God do, you must prepare for what you're asking. He prepared for it. Then he took what he had. What do you have right now? Begin to thank him for what you have right now and watch him multiply it. So he thanks the Lord. Now we don't get to hear the exact words he says, but we know he's thanking God for the provision. He holds up that bread. Thank you, Lord, for these five loaves. We can assume that he says, thank you for it, and thank you that it's going to be enough. And then he begins to break it. And it just keeps multiplying until everybody's fed. And he does the same with the fish. Thank you for this fish. And it multiplies. Church, if you want to possess the promises of provision when it looks like there's not enough, Prepare for it to come in and begin thanking him for it. That is how it comes. All right? A thankful heart. So thankful people possess the promises. This is key, guys. So, so far we've said that thankful people can possess the promises because they're asking with thanksgiving, which is faith. Secondly, thankful people possess the promises because their thankfulness leads to obedience. I want you guys to see this. This is important. I have found when you're unthankful, you also are not willing to step into things or obey. But thankful people step into obedience. But let me give you some scripture on this. Joshua chapter 2 and verse 23, and I'll explain a little bit first. Joshua is called to lead the people into the promised land, their promise. The thing that God has said he has for them, their inheritance, Joshua is called to lead them in. And of course, you know the story. God says, be strong and courageous. Get in my word. Meditate on it. Do what I've asked you to do. Joshua sends out two spies to check out the land before they're going to go. The two spies go. They end up uh, in a place with, you know, not a very good place, but they're trying to hide there, obviously. And Rahab is in charge of that place, and she begins to talk to them and tells them, you know, everybody's afraid of you guys. She hides them. They have to actually run and hide in the bush for a number of days so that they don't get captured. So it's a little bit of a scary time, possibly, but they come back, 
And they come back and tell the people with an attitude, I believe, of thankfulness, and they're positive about what God wants to do. So listen to this. Verse 23, this is the two spies came down from the hill country, crossed the Jordan River, and reported to Joshua all that had happened to them. And they said, the Lord has given us the whole land. They said, for all the people in the land are terrified of us. That is a statement of thankfulness. They are saying he's already given it to us. They're declaring to everybody, the land is already ours. What in the natural it isn't. What is that? That is a form of being thankful. That is a statement of faith. Now, interestingly enough, we know that everybody is excited by this report. Joshua leads them in. They have to go across the Jordan. It's divided. They have some victories. They have some setbacks. But they go in to their promise. Do you know that a number of years earlier, the children of Israel were supposed to go into the same promised land, and they didn't? Moses was leading them at that time, and Moses sent out 12 spies to spy out the land. He sent out 12, and when they came back, 10 of them came back with what Scripture says was an evil report, but it was an unfaithful, unthankful attitude in their report. The interesting thing is, they spied out the exact same piece of land as these guys did. There were still walled cities. There were still giants. But they could not be thankful about what they'd seen, and they could not trust God to bring them through. And their report was, this land has cities walled up to the sky and giants that make us look like grasshoppers. We can't do it. The opposite of thankful. And because of their attitude, an entire nation of people, it says, wept all that night. They were weeping like they were defeated and they were on the edge of their promise. And an attitude of unthankfulness changed everything. I don't think it's an accident that Joshua only sent two spies instead of 12. And I have a pretty good feeling he picked two guys that he knew were thankful, that he knew had faith. I have no doubt about it because, you see, he was part of the first 12 spies. And Joshua and his friend Caleb were the only two that believed they could go in. And he had to hang out in the wilderness with them for how many years until this next time? I have no doubt in my mind he picked two people that he knew would be thankful for what they saw. Church, your attitude of thankfulness or unthankfulness can determine your future. Do you hear me? So, let's be thankful, because thankful people possess the promises. Thankful people possess the promises because they enter God's presence with thankfulness. So I'm showing you why when you're thankful, it can change everything. Scripture clearly tells us when we're thankful, that's how we get in God's presence. Let me give you some of those verses. Psalm 100 and verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. And Psalm 95, verse 1, it says, Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. 
Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs. Church scripture clearly tells us we can enter God's presence by being thankful. Now, in Psalm 100, it's giving a picture of entering his temple, but it's saying that when you come into his presence, begin with thanksgiving. So how do we get in his presence? Begin with thanksgiving. Why am I saying that's the way that we possess the promises? Because getting in God's presence, suddenly every promise is available to you right then. What do I mean by that? Let me give you a picture. If you uh, step into a pool of water, water affects you everywhere. If you step into God's presence, everything about God's presence is now in and on you, just like that water. You see, supernaturally or spiritually, normal water can't get in you, and unless you don't know how to swim and you swallow a lot. But anyhow, spiritually, when you get in that presence, it envelopes you and goes through you. So when you get in his presence, everything about him is available to you. Are you guys getting this? And how do we get in his presence? By being thankful. It is so simple. Now, you'll also notice in that scripture it said you can enter his presence with singing. So what is the best way to get in God's presence? Sing your thankfulness. We did that this morning. I'm telling you this is key. I remember prayer meetings with some of our faithful prayer people. And one time, this was a number of years ago, we are at a prayer meeting here, and one of the ladies who's still a part of our church in prayer, she just started singing at the prayer meeting. And you know, our prayer meetings, that didn't always happen, but she was just singing to the Lord, thankfulness. And then she started praying. And my wife was there with me, and she was telling me after, do you know when that lady was singing? She said, God showed me a picture. While she was singing her thankfulness, she said, I saw this picture. She was walking right up to God, and the Lord smiled at her and said, what do you want? Whatever you want, it's yours. Because she started singing with thankfulness. Isn't that amazing? So church, be thankful. Even if you can't sing, give it a try when nobody's listening. Sing your thankfulness. Say something like, Lord, I'm so thankful. I am thankful for all you do for me. Make up the words as you go. I'm thankful for my family. Boy, I could write a song. That was good rhyming skills there. Okay, anyways, you get the picture. Just sing. There's no wrong way to sing and be thankful. Okay. The best way to get in his presence is singing out our thankfulness. When we come in his presence, every promise is available. So what is available in his presence? Let me give you a couple of verses. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Psalm 16 and verse 11. It says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. Feeling like you need some joy? Take some time and start thanking him. You're going to enter his presence, and what's going to happen? Joy. As well in his presence, it's almost like it's just an extra benefit. There's all kinds of pleasures forever. Really? Yeah, get in his presence. Every promise is available. Everyone. In his presence is healing. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching... 
that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judah, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. In his presence, there's healing. How do we get into his presence? With thankfulness. And some singing is a good idea too. Get into his presence. We are thankful. We get into his presence. All the promises are available. I'm telling you a few of those. The joy, the provision, the uh, healing, but also in his presence is love and forgiveness. 1 John 4, 16 says, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. When you get in the presence of the Lord, you are getting in the presence of unbelievable love. If you're not feeling too loved, go be thankful and watch the Lord overflow you. But with that love also comes God's amazing mercy and forgiveness. Did you know that in his presence, guilt is washed away? In his presence, forgiveness comes, healing and freedom comes for sin as well. We need his presence and we need it continually. Luke chapter 5 and verse 17 that I just read a bit earlier about his power was present to heal continues on and talks about his amazing forgiveness I want to read the whole story here now. So Luke 5, 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judah, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went on the housetop and they let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to them, Man, your sins are forgiven. As we continue in this story, you'll see that Jesus also heals him, says, Take up your bed and go home, and he's completely healed. And everybody is astounded. But I want you to see something so amazing about God's presence. We enter his presence with thankfulness and faith. When we come to him, we know that he has everything we need. Just like this man's friends. They knew that Jesus healed. They knew that the presence of God was there to heal. So they brought him. Four friends carrying him on a stretcher. They're going to get him to Jesus no matter what. Because they can't get in the door for the crowd. Let's go on the roof. Let's break this people's roof. Let's, we're going to break this roof. I believe they were going to fix it after. But they didn't care at that point. They were getting their friend to Jesus. Uh, can I ask you something? Who have you dragged to church lately? Because you care so much about what's happening to them. They cared that much. What I love about God's presence. The story starts. We are just expecting there's going to be healing here. His presence is there. They're bringing the man. Jesus looks at him and shows the most important thing on his heart and the most important thing that happens in his presence. And he says, your sins are forgiven. Church, as amazing as miraculous healings are, there's something greater. It's called forgiveness. And Jesus knew what was on this man's heart. He knew that this man was obviously 
at that moment, feeling guilty and consumed for what he'd done wrong. There he is in the very presence of Christ. He must feel the holiness. He must feel the conviction of everything that's going on. And Jesus speaks right to his heart. He says, you're forgiven. Because when you enter my presence, I forgive. The Pharisees, of course, are like, what? Who are you to forgive sins? And he says, hey, just so you know, I have the authority to give, forgive sins. And uh, just in case you're wondering, hey, get up, take your bed, and go home. It's almost like it's an after, aside. Healing is easy. Healing is what Christ wants. But more importantly, he wants people to be forgiven. Church, as we think about that, we think about our friends who maybe need to be forgiven. Our friends who maybe are in rough shape and need us to have some faith for them. I want you to think about that a bit today. Do you have coworkers or friends that Man, they are in rough shape. I guarantee they're not in as rough shape as that man was. Paralyzed and unable to do anything. And Jesus said, you got a way worse problem, but I'm going to forgive it today. I don't know who that you know needs him, but would you be one of those four friends? Would you say, I need to get you somewhere because I know you need help and I know who can get it for you. Let's be bold with our faith. Let's be thankful and let's enter his presence knowing that things are going to happen i want to encourage you when you bring somebody and they agree to come take some time and pray at home for what's about to happen so let's say you're invited someone from work and they're like yeah i'll meet you there at the saturday service or i'll meet you there at the 9 a.m service then you pray and you say lord i thank you that they're willing to come I thank you that when they come into that service, they're going to feel your presence. They're going to feel your love. They're going to receive salvation. They're going to receive everything you have. And Lord, we come against any attacks of the enemy to stop them. Thank you for what's about to happen. Do you see the importance of thankfulness, church? Pray with thanksgiving and expect. Let's see our community transformed because we have a heart and attitude that is thankful. So we're going to take a minute. I'm just going to pray over you as a congregation, and then Brendan, Pastor Brendan is going to come and do the final announcement. So just bow with me for a minute. Lord, I thank you for this group of people. Lord, I thank you for each of them being here. And Lord, I pray that you would so envelop us with the thankful heart, that we would possess the promises without even realizing just because we're thankful. And Lord, I, I just ask that you would allow us to enter your presence, even this week, that we would take time to thank you for everything we can think of, that it would begin to flow and we'll feel your presence. And as we feel your presence, Lord, that we can know we can ask anything because your promises are right there and they're available. So we look forward, Lord, to the testimony for what you're going to do in the congregation's lives in those moments of thankfulness. We pray that, we believe for it, in Jesus' name. Amen.